0: Welcome to Solutions. where men come out of the shadows to testify, giving tips in manhood, honor the codes of integrity, and give out real solutions for soul survival. Today, we have on the show a role model, a leader of men, a man who takes care of his community, also has great basketball programs for the kids, and is always thinking forward. A man of great integrity, a man who stands on his word. Ladies and gentlemen, please give it up Mr. Robert Wiley.
1: I appreciate that, that introduction.
0: (laughs) What's going on, sir? How you doing?
1: Man, I'm wonderful, bro. Wonderful. No complaints. Life good. You know, everything's great, man.
0: I know you're on your grind as usual.
1: Definitely. That that can't stop.
0: Are you ready to answer these questions and drop some gems
1: today? Let's Let's go. Let's go. Let's go.
0: Okay. What person did you meet or see that gave you the drive towards the man you are today? Who
1: or what defined you? And I was, you came straight out the back with a, <laughs> with a good one. Oh man, that's, that's, that's a good question on so many levels, man. Because, um, uh, I don't think it's no one person. Um, I thought I was odd right growing up cause I, I personally didn't have a, um, a role model. So that was, you know, so. So that question, I, I I have to really think. Now, it was some people that definitely made an impact on my life. Um, one um, guy named Aki, man, he, he definitely, uh, when we was young, he used to hit me in the head with, with different stuff on the culture, just, you know, but he used to hit us with, you know, not coming the, the kiddie route, you know what I'm saying? He hit us with the truth. He just smack in the face, and it, it kind of was like a shock factor. But it made me think, it made me uh, develop a curiosity, knowledge. Um, so I give him that, man. I always admired certain people, you know, not for um, so much of who they are, but for the stuff they do. And I always um, had questions for people. Like I always wanted to have, you know, like I said, I they have role models, but I had questions for people. Like from the music industry, since that dude influenced us. You know, so like a biggie, you know, that was a person I just wanted to sit down and ask questions. You know what I'm saying? Right, um, right. You know, different, different things like that, man. Um, uh I couldn't ask this guy questions, but he intrigued me a lot. Um, like Jack Johnson, the boxer. Mm-hmm. Very intriguing person, man. Um, questions I had for him was more about his courage. You know what I'm saying? During his times, you know, he didn't really care about what was going on around him. He took big steps, so um, I, you know, I could probably shoot off a list of a hundred different things that that had me curious. Um, okay, he okay.
0: Let, let's all right. Shouts out all to right. Mr. Haki Can you give us, give us two gems that he gave you? Also, give us one question you would have asked Biggie. I got to hear that.
1: Uh, oh, for sure. Um, man, I, uh, Haki the gems she gave me, man. Um, basically, uh, like, don't look at nothing for face value. That the world give, you. you know, that was a big gem. Always questioned everything, you know. It's always an answer to an answer that got another answer. Um, so that was that was huge, you know. That he always said to, me. Um, also he he oh he he also instilled helped him still the business mind. You know, um, not only did he hit us hard cultural wise, like when I was ten, he was you know he was shooting them definitions towards entrepreneurship financial literacy, you know, he was telling us what this stuff mean um, and and he and one thing that, that said on me, he said um, you know, you may not know what this is now, but when the time for you to know, it, it'll it come back you know, he always shot that to us, he's like, you know, you know, your brain is massive whole massive information so when it hit you, it shoot back to the forefront, you'll remember so that was something that I always that stuck with me. Um, yeah. As far as Biggie, man, Biggie um the questions I had for Biggie, uh, first one was basically like, yo, how you so witty? Like that's the first witty person that I could think of. You know, um, what gave you the um the ability to make others see your, see your words? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That was the it wasn't the first artist, I may say slick rick, maybe the first artist that I could think of that you could visualize their flow um but his storytelling was crazy and um and i could visualize
0: you know i've once heard biggie's mom say she used to listen to country music all the time and that really took a toll on him because you know country kind of tell the best stories and music at that time so him him outside the box mentally putting rap to these country stories is probably what he gave us and we didn't realize it that was so I never
1: even thought of it like that. You're right. <laughs> You're 100 right.
0: Yeah, his mom always listened to country music growing up, and he said that had a, a a profound influence on how he put his music together and how visual how he was able to visualize things because country music does that.
1: Yeah, do do. Yeah, man. I um. Yeah, I thought. And I always thought he was a thinker. You know, yeah. what I'm saying like even in interviews and stuff. You know, a lot. No naked eye person might be like, you know, he looked nervous. But to me, I always thought he sit there and he just analyzed stuff. You know what I'm saying? It was a real deep thinker. So, you know, that's that's what made me want to really interview that guy.
0: Now, I would have I, I I, loved I, to see that man. interview. Yeah, man. Yeah. Do you have a vision board?
1: Man, I do. I do. That's crazy you said that. Um yo, shout out Haki. He always put that on us. But <laughs> um my vision board is is different. My my vision board is different. Um I graduated from, you know, um no, nah, it's not different. Let me say that. You know, I see some people say vision boards now. They literally got a board and they put they, you know, pictures and stuff up. I mean, but since I've been little, um, I always did I always had a vision board. Um, you know, I play ball heavy. So um uh, he instilled to in me like, yo, pick two or three players you really like. So back then, you know, it was uh Ray Allen and um Ray Allen and uh, David Robinson. So, what I do, I go get like a, you know, a Slam magazine or something, pull their pictures out, take it to the house. And I remember either super gluing it or tacking it to the wall in my room. You know what I'm saying? I, I would put those yeah. up. And on those particular pictures, man, they had their stats. Yeah. So, I would literally try to imitate not only they, you know, the stats they made, but um, they gained, you know, it started there. Um, right now, visual, my, my vision board is more more mental. Um, and also with the cell phones, you know, my screen screensaver is my vision yeah. board. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Um, yeah. I, I, I literally put like a number, a figure that I want up. Um, I mean, you can't see it now, but I literally got a chart right here. A, a weekly yeah. chart, a yeah. huge chart um, that I go off of. Um, I visualize my day. So that's another thing, too. Ooh, uh, you
0: get real detailed.
1: Yeah, I visualized my day, man. Aki um, didn't tell me this. Uh, what did I hear this at? You're talking music. I, I want to say... I, did I hear this on the camera? No, okay, nah. That's something else with the camera, thing. but But um, somebody told me, man. I, came from, I, I really don't know who. But they told me, if you wake up and don't got nothing to do, You'll die. Like mm. literally. If you don't have nothing to do, you will die. And um, I heard that at an early age, so every day, man, I always wake up with something to do. I got I have to do something. You know, I'm oh, not let, let,
0: let's talk, let's talk the scope on your vision board here. Can you give us an apex that you reached and an apex that you are currently chasing?
1: That I've reached.
0: Yeah, that you reached. I,
1: oh man. Um so, I mean, you know me for a while, right? So, at one point, I used to always say CYR. I still live by CYR. Um, I, I actually named one of my businesses CYR Properties, our real estate business. But what CYR stands for, create your own reality. And this this, this definitely had to do with my vision board. Um, probably like 2010, 2011, I was at a mental state trying to figure out which direction I was going and I always mm-hmm. stuck by yo you create your own reality um so worldly things in your, your, in your life worldly things is what you create right so um I visualized myself being at a certain level uh with my organization uh good kids um and it was about 2010 um I took the route of dealing from the political side and things ain't go my way. So I visualized it being bigger than what other people thought. So they challenged it. So I seen my organization being international. So I would do certain things to, like every day I wake up, I was like, okay, yo, good kids got to do this, so I need to do this to connect here. You get what I'm saying? So that was a a milestone, about 2011, 20, about 2012, we ended up doing, going international. So, um, that was a vision. It was a vision. It's crazy because my vision was for it to go to Africa, but we ended up going to Saint Lucia. Saint Lucia, <laughs> Saint Lucia, you know what I'm saying. So that was a crazy thing. That that was a milestone for my vision, my my mental vision board. Vision board. Um, currently, right now, man. Um, I can't give you details on all of, uh, yeah. some <laughs> <things>. but uh, <laughs> currently, right now, um. Vision-wise, what I have on my vision board, um, that pertains to, to my, my reality around me, uh, our organization, um, we, 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 we working to make it huge on, huge, make it bigger, it's already pretty big on the basketball side, but we're trying to make it bigger, um, and it's coming, um, it's coming to reality, bro, uh, we connected with some people. I can't even let it, I can't even tell y'all. No, nah, no, don't let it out the bag. I, just, <laughs> I ain't gonna let it out we, the gate, we, we, but you know, um, we, just, we just talking the apex
0: goal, you don't gotta give give like the details, it's just the okay, apex okay. goals that we know you still working. Like you said, yeah. if you don't got nothing to do, you die, right?
1: Ah, uh, you but, die. So this is the yeah. part I'm
0: just trying to encourage people, after you reach that goal that you wanted to hit, there's something else that you didn't know you wanted, you gotta go out and get.
1: Definitely, definitely. Um. You know, um, I'm actually I'm in the process of writing a book. I will talk about that. Mm. Um, and it 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 pertains to everything we're talking about right now. Mm. Um, I think with a vision board, and this is why I say it's more visual, what I've understood is that 99% of people not successful for two reasons. Two reasons. Either they give up too early or the consistency of it the longevity of going after what they want, right? So basically what I've learned, one thing we have to do is stop looking at goals as a beginning and ending point. You get what I'm saying? Because a goal, a goal, a vision board is definitely a goal, but you have people that make vision boards, right? And that's it. This is what I want and it's it. But in reality, a goal is to make you better, right? And you got to keep moving. That goal is gonna continue to grow. It's gonna to continue to uh, prosper. That's why you have some people that, you know, accomplish, accomplish that goal and that's it. You know what I'm saying? I think it's like the old financial mental mindset we had in our community uh, to like save. You know what I'm saying? You have a lot of older folks that like mm-hmm. to look at that bank account, <laughs> but they don't, they don't, they don't understand how, you know, the, the process of making it continuously come mm-hmm. to you. You get what i'm saying mm-hmm. so we, I think we we cap ourselves off so um one thing i'm talking about in that book is about consistency and discipline and keep going because i mean you could literally master something but we got to understand we can't conquer it you get what i'm saying uh, like, it's it's like, deep right there.
0: It's that's a word right there you can master something but you can't conquer it i absolutely i absolutely understand that and i was actually around when saint lucia came to pass and i was just so happy to see that for y'all and the development and what you do with the kids but on that road to go international on the road where you are now what did you sacrifice
1: Ooh, <laughs> that's the deep question i sacrifice a lot man um i sacrifice family um the way i think life's supposed to be and i mean i share that here man um basically because at that particular time in my life when i first started everything I had to make strong decisions, you know. Um, definitely always been a family guy. Um, always about my kids. Um, I have two daughters and a son. At a particular time when I started the journey with good kids, um, I was actually married to my son, mom, you know. Um, but I mean, great we got now disclaimer, we have a great relationship right now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's nothing crazy never really was, but understanding that at that particular time, like Uh, I like steaks. He likes fish. You get what I'm saying? was, You know, we was taking, we, we wasn't understanding our life paths. You get what I'm saying? So I had to make a, to, to, to not stunt my growth in the direction I was going, I had to take a hard, I had to make a hard decision to move the opposite direction to, to make my organization grow, but also to take a whole different life path. You get what I'm saying? That, that, in reality, the average person wouldn't do. You know what I'm saying? that's a That was a huge decision for me to make. Um, contemplated on a lot. Um, wasn't sure if I was going to regret it or not. You know what I'm saying? But, <clears throat> excuse me, but I made the right choices, the smart choices, um, stayed positive about it, and it worked out great, you know, for both of us.
0: You know, it's <laughs> something to say about that decision. A lot of people don't realize a man's place when he has family tied to him, and when work is supposed to come first and you're trying to find yourself, a lot of guys just sit there in their sorrows and wallows and say, you know what, I'm sacrificing myself for this family. But it takes a real man to step out and say, no, I got to I got to raise the flag and I got to get out here and provide wealth and generational wealth. And sometimes relationships bear the brunt, but at the end of the race, you got more to show for it than your misery and staying in one place.
1: Definitely, definitely. And man, and that's a yo, that's that's a hard ass lesson. I'm just gonna be honest. You no, know, mm-hmm. um, you know, a lot of people not built a whole that or to handle that. You know what I'm saying? Society li- definitely don't give it to you to handle. Um that that right there, man, um, it took a lot of, a lot of self psychology, like a self, not not psychology, a lot of self-therapy. Let me say that. A lot of self-therapy. You have to get yourself in a different mind state, man, because um, man, you'll jump off the bridge. And what I learned, man, a lot of our decisions that we're that we think not selfish, it is selfish. Because it may be great for the moment, but there's no telling what you could do for those the ones involved and for the ones who's not involved, lifestyle future-wise. You get what I'm saying?
0: Let's let's dig into that. Let's go go there we, we, we talking about lowest moments right now. We talking about the moment where you was feeling like you didn't know yourself, but not just talk about that. I want to know how you got up. This is for the people that are dealing with whatever you're about to say. They need a recipe. They need answers.
1: Okay. Um, man, the greatest. I, listen, self-therapy is one. right? That's the greatest thing you could do is self-therapy, not listening to everybody else, but listening to yourself. Um, understanding yourself not going crazy but listening and understanding yourself one of the greatest stress relievers I did um during that particular time and, and it's crazy because me going through that I, to this day I still I still do this um one of the greatest stress relievers is exercise um but doing something like pushing myself to the max I hate exercise matter of fact I hate running right I hate running. I'm not lying to y'all. I hate running. Um, one thing that I, I did, man, just to push myself mentally, physically, um, you know, I wake up 4 o'clock, 4.30 every morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I get up and I go up, I get up and run. Like outside in the dark, rain, sleep. I just get up. I put myself in a different state. Literally, that's what I did at that particular time back in those days. Um I, I get up I, I run man or i go to the gym oh uh, i used to go to the gym i don't i don't do it as much only because i you don't mentally lock into yourself but when you can find a place where you can get up and run push yourself um overcome fear you know because that's that's a fear factor that's natural your senses is to 10 when you running in the dark <laughs> at 4 30 in the morning you get what i'm saying um so i i did that man another thing i do too man I, like i say part of my self-therapy i listen to a lot of uh motivational uh podcasts a lot of motivational audios videos i keep a lot of stuff positive you know positivity over negativity any day i used to listen to a lot of music but i cut that out only because a lot of music isn't positive. You gotta search for it. You get what I'm saying. Now, there's a lot of pot. Let me rewind that because I'm a I'm a hip hop head too, and there's a lot of, it's great hip hop out there. Mm. Um, but to the average person, that mainstream isn't isn't what you want to listen to. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Um, another thing, I listen to a lot of audio books. You know, if you don't feel like reading, I read, but man, time is on, ain't on my side all the time. So I listen to a lot of audio books. The number one thing with a lot of that stuff, man, life period is self therapy and um and you have to do it day just like anything else you, you could you could master it but you can't conquer it you know what i'm saying that's part of life you know so um that's that's my jewel to that i i put i you the first one to ask me that man and you the first one got that on this podcast um daily bro like daily 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 and and I mean, you gotta think, we talk, this this real. This is, this, damn, this the realest interview I done got, you know what I'm saying, question-wise so far. Um, let's keep it real. Um, I mean, I, I mean, I don't come from no, no silver spoon, you know what I'm saying? So, I mean, my upbringing, hell, shit, PTSD all day. You know what I'm saying? So I literally had to mentally forget or not forget, you can't forget, but mentally get myself out of that hood mindset. You get what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Understand that 99 of the stuff we've been taught, we've been exposed to, really isn't the way. You know what I'm saying. So, um, and what I what I explained about working out, listening to certain stuff, just focusing on self, it helps with that. You have to give yourself self therapy. You have to, man. Um, that being the 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 main uh, catalyst to my growth. Um, and being yourself. Uh, one of the dopest books I ever read, man, I get this gym is The Ability um, to Not Give a Fuck. I don't know if we cuss on here, but that's the name we of the book. Man.
0: Free yourself. Free yourself. We good. We men.
1: Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, The Ability to Not Give a Fuck, one of the dopest books. Um, just kind of creating your own reality, not worrying about everything else around you. Because one thing, that's a fact. If you can't please yourself, you can't please nobody else. So, I mean, you have to mentally lock in with yourself, man, and, and love yourself, and, and protect your energy, man, and, and that's the that's the that's the catalyst to all that stuff. You
0: set a mouthful, uh-huh. you set a mouthful to uh-huh. self therapy uh-huh. and understanding that so many people do not take that leap without knowing what's on the other side, and making yourself uncomfortable prepares you and puts you in a different diaspora, so to speak, to get to the next level. So I see what you're doing. You're making yourself uncomfortable. You're getting out there, taking steps on faith, and you're also educating yourself and telling yourself, reinforcing the God in you that you deserve to be there. And it gets no better than that. But tell me, how important is it to leave where you're from to develop yourself to get where you're going?
1: Repeat that again for me.
0: How important is it to leave where you're from to develop yourself to get where you're going?
1: Oh, man. Super important. Um, You only as good as your encounters. Mm. you only as good as your encounters. So, I mean, if you're around something 365, 24-7, the same mindset, that's what you're going to get. Um, i never forget this. I think it was in St. Lucia. Uh, guy was from Europe. I know we was in St. Lucia. And the guy said, man, listen, I don't care how many books you read, what school you go to, what you watch on TV. One of the dopest and... And the best thing you could do to educate yourself is to speak to other people from different places, um, because it's going to give you another, uh, just a whole different, or what the world is. You get what I'm saying? A whole different vibe. And then you literally, when you talk to, when you when you encounter different people, you you, you catch their vibe, their spirit. You get what I'm saying? I mean, if you if you understand a positive and a negative energy, you know, what I'm saying just. You're gonna know what type of energy you getting, but another person's outlook on the world, man, will help change your life. And it's important, man, for you to expand your mindset, you know, just leaving your environment. You know, um, I mean, I'm 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 here in Columbia, South Carolina, born and raised, but I've been everywhere. You get what I'm saying? I probably, I probably <laughs> If I if I didn't have so much going on, I probably wouldn't be here to be honest with you. You get what I'm saying? But I love I I, I've I've grown to understand and love where you're from and help try to change it. Don't bass it. You get what I'm saying? You gotta you gotta bring a whole different mindset. So it's super important to lead where you're from to get where you're going, man. Because like I said, you know you know gooder than your encounters.
0: gotta, Gotta. and, and it's like you're an antenna when you leave where you're from you represent where you're from but at the same time you also take it in a new custom of you're speaking another language now not necessarily changing your dialect and the way you speak but you understand when you sit in the courtroom you can't give them the same type of content and structure and words that you would give outside in the street that's essentially a whole nother language that yes it's a whole other customs, a whole nother body language. There, it's, it's, you you you're upgrading yourself, and at the same time, you can go down. Not no, let's not call it down. You can walk through another door and put on another jacket to sit in the room with other people. But at the same yes. time, you can bring an extra jacket to try to put it on somebody else if the, if it's their size.
1: Hey, facts, man. Um, I'm, I'm, let me share this story, man. i like I say, man, I'm. I'm from the hood, never listen, never left. Basketball took me everywhere at first, right? When I when I graduated high school, and went to college, so I went to Illinois, went up to Southern Illinois. My mindset now, when I left school, that was probably one of. Uh, I graduated high school in 2001, it was probably one of the roughest years for the city, right? I probably by the time I graduated, probably lost like 10, 11 people I know got killed, right? And um, so my mindset was like, okay, this is what it is. And now I'm going to Illinois. The only thing I can think like Chicago. These people up there just, they kill each other. You know what I'm saying? That's the mindset. And I'm thinking, that's what I said. So I get up there. Man, day one, totally different from what I thought it was, right? Like I literally, want, so another great advice that you asked early. Uh, a friend of mine, man that I met in school, a guy named Glenn. So, I'm seen, you know, they rolling up in school, you know, back then, I think avalanches just came out. You know, they was on, av- they had all of them in college with avalanches on 23s or 24s back then, whatever was the big rims, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so I'm like, damn, what y'all do, sell dope? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, y'all selling drugs, what's going on? They're looking at me like, what? Nah, man, I, I go to college, like, so y'all ain't up here selling dope and killing you? what? Man, no, we get money. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like where we from mm-hmm. is millions. You ain't you don't have to do that. We get legal money, we do this. And you know, and um my mindset was like, hold up, man, I ain't see this on WGN. Y'all was killing each other and you, mm-hmm. you get what I'm saying? And that was a super shocker to me when I seen uh, a group of young black brothers doing it legally doing doing something that was positive, spoke positive more of the time when in reality we thinking Chicago and guys from St. Louis totally different. I'm seeing, I'm seeing like groups like they have dance, they have dance crews up there, right? I've never seen them down south. We yeah, music, we grinded. You know, these dudes got dance crews, they they footworking, they doing all this, right? But I seen a whole different world. So that kind of opened me up as well. You know, even though I did travel and play basketball, but I was only there for, you know, a weekend and it's time to go back. You get what I'm saying? But now I got to come stay and really have some good dialogue with these guys, different brothers and sisters from a whole different background. So um, like you say, man, it's nothing like, you have to leave your environment to I, grow. i
0: give, I give you one story to relatable with you. Me growing up in New York City, see, it's not about where you're from. You, you, my my suggestion is you should always leave. Me growing up in New York City, being in the Bronx, they kind of controlled our music. They didn't let us hear Southern hip hop. In fact, they kind of made it, made it look like that, you know, Houston rappers are from New York. They made it look like Scarface and, and all these guys. It made it look, the way they played on the radio, they never said these, these guys are from Houston. They never did that. It wasn't until Jay-Z did the remix with Juvenile and then Southern Playlist came on BET with OutKast, we started seeing stuff that that BET started showing. So when I got to college, I knew nothing about being in the South. I went to South Carolina State. I didn't know about fraternities, sororities, party hopping, nothing. I walked on campus and these guys, I had a do-rag, fitted hat, 5XT, shorts, and Tim's on. Straight New York. And these guys were party, these guys were party hopping. And I walked past in between the party hop because I didn't know what was going on. Cause you know, New Yorkers, we walk. Yeah. It was just I had to learn. It was, it wasn't bad. It was just, I just grew at that moment. Next thing you know, I took the do rag off, you know, killed the five XT and started dressing better, doing better. I left my environment and, and added new attributes. So I am a proponent of that, leaving where you're from to get where you're going and just Taking more information.
1: Yeah. I think the dopest thing out of it, though, man, is when you when I did go, I brought back so much information. Mm-hmm. I never, man, we, I mean, all my fellas, we, we used to sit around and talk about all types of stuff. But when I came back and talked about my experience, yo, they literally was like, oh, for real. Like, literally, we talked hours because they just want to know, you know what I'm saying? Like, what was different. You know what I'm saying? And it's not that Never would say they did. They wouldn't wanna do it, but you know, you get stuck in your ways and that fear factor snatched them, snatch you up. You know what I'm saying? It's a lot of people got a lot of fear. You know, I think one of the biggest things, and I know you probably see it now too, man, until I left out of the country, I thought, hey, well, I, United States, the best thing in the world. <laughs> and when I went and checked there, I'm like, hold up, you mean to tell me you all got this and got this and got that and got and I'm sitting here like, oh, hold on, they lied to us. And the, the other part was when I ate the food outside of where I was from, I was like, hold on, this tastes totally different. Tastes way like so, you know, it's it's a it's a it's a mental it's a mental jail that's unaware, you know what I'm saying, with a lot of us and so many levels to it, man, that um like I'ma go back to what I said mm-hmm. earlier. That self therapy gotta
0: happen. You got, you got. We had somebody by the name of Devin Harrison. He also came on the show, and we're from the same place. And he was talking about how where we grew up in the Bronx was a food desert. It was always just the worst types of food. Meaning by that, what we had was we had no fresh food. Everything was processed. And and to think about what you just said about what you brought back from Chicago Mm -hmm. reminds me of a small story. For me, I didn't go to public school in the Bronx because my mother felt that would not be conducive to me making it where I'm from in terms of just being alive, right? So she broke her back to send me to a Catholic school. Upon being in Catholic school, they had chess class. I learned how to play, I already knew how to play, nobody knew I knew how to play, and I joined the chess team. After I joined the chess team, I started bringing the pieces back home to my neighborhood and everybody in my neighborhood started to play. And then it became something like a year where nobody was getting into trouble because we came outside to play chess with the clocks and the pieces people was going to get clocks and pieces it was exciting it's like we get i gave a little bit of hope to my neighborhood and we all started playing chess because they had like these benches out there with squares on them but no one knew what the squares were we thought it was just fancy design wow and so we started playing chess and to this day i hope it helps some people and i was only 14 it wasn't like i was like a grown man i just My friends were doing this, and I'm like, yo, I'm doing this. This is safer. This is what we should be doing. And they, and they, oh, thank God they were open to hearing about it. But talk to me about fatherhood and mentorship. I know you do a lot of it, but let's talk on the fatherhood side real quick. But I don't want to talk about all my kids are beautiful. I want to talk about that you love your kids. But right now, I don't like you. Talk to me about the patience of being a father.
1: Oh, man. Well, first off, man, I think it's beautiful. Um, <laughs> I think it's beautiful. I'm going to say that, beautiful. man. It's, it's a beautiful thing, man. Um, I love it. You know what I'm saying? Um, I think the 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 mental part of it. I know your little man, how about three now? He's three. Okay, okay. So so it's the stages, right? So my mm-hmm. oldest daughter, you know, she 18 now, college. Mm-hmm. My son, 11. And I got a little one. She's uh one, going mm-hmm. on 45, like she grown. Mm-hmm. But um I think it's the mental part that I wasn't prepared for, or like breaking into because you think, first of all, we we was raised totally different from these kids, right? Mm-hmm. So it's a give and take. You know, we're gonna give our kids the world, but by us giving them the world, they're not gonna have the same experiences we had. So they don't, so the level's different. The way we learn certain things or the way we you know, we got that street smart, so we witty to certain stuff. They not, not saying they're not on it, they they don't see it the way we see it. Plus it's a whole different, you know, they they more technology kids, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So So I think it's the breakthrough of the communication part with these particular kids, and, and I'm speaking from my older kids, right? Because we talk to them babies, you gonna love them, you gotta do what you gotta do. That's the, to me, that's the easy part, but, So my son, right, ball player, smart in school. To me, he's antisocial, I think, but in reality, he's not antisocial. Cause I, you know, I get up and talk all day, right? I talk to him like, yo, DJ, what, you know, how your day went? He'll look at me. Good. (laughs) Like, yo, it took you, 30 seconds to say one word and you're going to give me a one word answer. Like, you know, when, you know, somebody asked me that, you know, we all out, you know, I'm, mm-hmm. I, you know, so to me, man, fatherhood, bro, man, it's, it's, it, it make me question. Now, it don't make me question because I know why, like, you know, you try to, you know, I've been want to question my, fa- my pops, why he, you know, he wasn't there, blah, 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 but hell. You know, it's you Reagan eighty era. Like know yes, what I'm saying Listen. <laughs> I, I, I,
0: look, I, I think uh, who who said this? Mr. Devon Stanfield, a guy who came on the show. He said that he, he once interviewed his grandmother. And when he interviewed his grandmother as a class project when he was in middle school and found out some of her story, it opened his eyes to being more receptive to understanding. I think we all need to interview our fathers. If you have the opportunity. My father was estranged from the home. After I became a grown man, we sat down and had a conversation. I didn't have any malice or anything. And he told me his story. Right. And when he told me his story and me being a man and understanding the emotions that I go through as a man and things that has happened to me, he became more of a friend than a father at the moment. It's like, okay, I understand. I mean, I, I see that you did leave and that you sometimes you, you had to save yourself. I get it because sometimes that's what people do. Like you said, they don't even know they're being selfish.
1: Exactly. But
0: I think interviewing your father or interviewing your guardian is important because they have a story. A lot of us forget that our parents have stories.
1: Yeah. Facts. Facts. That dreams out here. You yeah, you're a hundred percent right, man. Um and I, I think that's what got me. I don't have malice towards you know what I'm saying? My parents, period. You know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> I understand the error for one. But yeah. for two, man, for two, man, um I get, I get it. You know what I'm saying? Like, people don't people, okay, so man, I, I cannot put this. So we know where we are, right? This is the United States of America, the greatest place in the world. Everybody got opportunities. Facts. Okay, cool. But what they don't. What people don't understand about that is, it's 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 the obstacle that gets you, right? It's the obstacle. You can do whatever, you can make it here, nothing holding you back. It ain't no white, black, purple, pink. I I'm not trying to hear none of that because what you got to focus on is the obstacles of life, right? And one thing about our community, a lot of a lot of them couldn't get can't get past the obstacle. You know what I'm saying? I don't have don't have the endurance to withhold the amount of obstacles that come, you know. Um, because if you ain't aware of them anyway, they're gonna take you out. I, I'm
0: I'm glad you, I'm glad you said that. Le- which leads me straight into my next question that I have for you. Should there be a basic training program like military training for uh, young Black people in the community outside the education system, outside of the church, outside of the Boys and Girls Club, maybe with good kids that has financial literacy, communication, how to change a tire, how to change a tie, gardening, general wealth building, stock information, sitting down and talking to the elderly? Like those things, I feel we need to do that independently outside of parenting in those situations.
1: Yes. Um it's crazy cuz you you're 100% correct because I mean I mean I'm just I we just got to call it spade for spade. I mean, you literally go through school right from kindergarten to well, I'm going to say from 5-year-old to 18-year-old and then you literally got to reprogram and relearn and forget what you learned and relearn everything else to survive in this world. So I agree with that. Um, I was just having a talk the other day. I really just think that, I mean, mandatory, you may go to elementary to learn the basics, reading, writing, arithmetic. But after that, man, middle school ain't nothing but a social project. High school is another social project. You know what I'm saying? And Mm -hmm. some colleges, it is what it is. But what you just said, they don't teach. That's one thing we don't, Financial literacy, first of all, and foremost, is what, I mean, from junk, we should learn that. That's not taught in school, period. Critical thinking, not taught in school, so I think we should. One thing, what you just said, just like a a military-type learning thing, I just think that when we learn this stuff, we should learn it without malice. We should learn it without blaming other people. You know i'm i'm super educated on who i am where i'm from um about the culture period i could take it all the way back past timbuktu wherever you want to go dogans how deep it gotta go i just think that the teaching the way it's been taught it's been taught with a bunch of malice and hate mm-hmm. because you gotta understand where we are now color don't matter right mm-hmm. Absolutely. You, you the, we, we going into the fourth revolution. So the fourth revolution is all about information, information, information. Technology, information. It's the more you know. Now, we, well, it's who you know, but it's still the more you know because your value going to make you. Right? It's all about your value. You know what I'm saying? So it's an information age, so we gotta understand that it ain't about this person hold me down, that person hold me down, and okay. made me not giving me the opportunity. Cause your opportunity is your opportunity. Um, that's crazy. Like I was listening to Elon Musk yesterday, and he was saying, mm-hmm. "Yo, you ain't, you don't have to go to school. Information is free, right? Mm-hmm. Do you understand how to search it? You gotta understand how to search, how to research, how to how to figure stuff out. Now." You know, what, you know, <clears throat> that's the type of training that we got to understand. We have to understand, first of all, who we are. That's number one. Who, who are you as a person, right? Understand health, because none of this don't even matter if you don't have your health, period. If you don't have your health, don't, none of this stuff matter. period. You can't, people got dreams to have a certain amount of money, live in certain houses, if you can't <laughs> drive those cars or you can't enjoy that stuff it, it, it don't make no sense anyway um so health number one man um two um we have to we just have to just reteach ourselves man just on everything man like i love like i'm a music head i know you're a music head I you know, so, you know. So, <laughs> i'm a music head right so I try to, I, you know, you you listen you you listen to music, so you try to give everything a chance, right? And it's hard when you see the, uh, just the. I don't even want to call it fake, like just the, what's the word, man? Like.
0: Well, let, let me let me put it in perspective how I think about it. At one point, certain songs that came out when hip hop was was on its climb. It's climbing still, but back in the 90s and early 2000s, a lot of music that was made, these guys were really living that lifestyle. And I think they made money off of it, so the next person after them saw that, that felt that it was a hustle. So they said, if we continue this type of energy, we can make this kind of money. But I think these new artists don't realize that they're casting spells on themselves. Yeah. Because words is magic. So when you go and try to listen to something that's not authentic where you can try to you know, think back of how it used to be, you can't get that from them because literally that is not what's going on right now. And that's right. the difference between them saying, not against a song like WAP. A song like WAP is WAP. A lot of people were against it. I'm not against the record. I was against the timing of the record where we are as a people because it didn't reflect what we were going through for, for the first time to me in yeah. my hip hop lineage. We put out music that didn't reflect what was really going on.
1: I agree with that. I agree 100% with that, man. It was like a a deterrent, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? A roadblock to for you to visualize, you know, for you to see what's really going on. I agree 100% with that. Escape, it's not on thing. Escape. Yes, it's yes. And then I agree 100% with that. And I think that's more what it is. Like I understand and know, I can't listen no rap about no jury, you know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> it ain't, you know, that's not, first of all, that's not where we are. So I get that. Um, now, mind you, there's a lot of good music out there. You may not hear it on the radio, but it's a lot of good music out there. Um, but we got to, man, we got to retool. Now, I will say this, as a, as, a, as, a, as a culture, I think we way better and we getting better. It's not as bad mm-hmm. as... Uh, people in the mainstream make it look we're not losing i i, I think we're far from losing like i i think we win in so big that they have to make an illusion that we're losing i'm gonna put i'm gonna put an analogy that i have to i have people to think about right so you talk about our culture oh we want. let's talk about black people right because our culture is bigger than just black people now right, we gotta, we gotta see that, and we have to always understand that, even if we talk here about, from day one, it was black folks and Puerto Ricans, they was breakdancing and tagging, right, so, all right, so let's talk about black folks, we was enslaved for so many years, right, four or five hundred mm-hmm. years, and then probably extra 200 after that, <laughs> mentally, right, still is mentally, um, and you look at, uh, From a technology to education level we caught up so people don't even see the advantage on that right a person trying to hold you down that's like somebody holding you down tying you up you in a race right they're holding you down tying you up and letting other people run and they 400 miles ahead of you and you catch them (laughs) right like people don't see the greatness in that, like you know what I'm saying. So, we mm-hmm. n- never was behind. We never was behind. But that goes back to what I was talking about: malice and people focusing on the hatred or that or what you hate instead of what you love, and it's more of a deterrent. You get what I'm saying? Like when you when you when you moving off emotions. 9 out of 10 is not the best So I think if we focus more on ourselves We'll get ahead on so many levels Um, When we talk about fathers Especially black fathers Yo, we winning Listen, we winning I travel all around the country On the basketball side At one point it used to be You see a bunch of mamas in the gym It's a whole bunch of daddies in the gym You get what I'm saying? When we go to my practice And a lot of my teams It's a bunch of men in the gym so we're doing what we supposed to do. I just think we gotta stop accepting uh that false, false uh view as if we're not doing what we're supposed to do.
0: I think saying? people I think people who fail to chalk tra- I I said this before. I think people don't realize that trauma has two sides to it. Trauma yeah. creates predators, but it also creates good men who are trying good people, good people who are trying to prevent. Whatever happened to them happened to you. And that's what I think we're seeing from the 80s era where uh, possibly our parents were trying drugs like there were potato chips because they wasn't drugs back then. It was just something new on the market. Hey, man, try this Coke. It's not illegal. It's just something that people were trying. And yeah, most of our parents and families got caught up in the crackheads and cracks and all of that. And us seeing that was like, OK, we know those mistakes. You don't have to teach me that because I can see it. So we move forward. Oh, my dad's not home. I'm gonna be the best dad I can be. And yeah. sometimes you wanna fight, you you, you spent, don't spend too much time fighting not to be like someone. Just harness yourself and talk to yourself, like you said. We talk about leaving a legacy, but we mostly ignore major steps. Do you have a will?
1: Do I have a will? A re- a written will?
0: A real uh, will.
1: I don't, I don't. I have life insurance. (laughs) But you're right about the will, so. That's a start
0: in the right direction. (laughs) Why do you think most Black people don't want to have that conversation about the will and having things in order? It's basically a one-time thing.
1: Facts. Um, i give you my true story about this, all right? Um, Now, first with the will, the will thing, I personally just felt like I'm not finished. That's why I don't have a will. You get what I'm saying? When I write a will, and I I probably won't be finished when I write my will, but literally divide them assets and send. you know what I'm saying? I just feel like I'm still building that. That's the will part. The life insurance part, and this goes back to what we talked about growing up and, and just mentally being somewhere. So for so long, man, I didn't have life insurance because I felt that if I got life insurance, I'm a, I'm probably about to croak. You, know, you you get what I'm saying? Something going to happen. Let, let's you know, stop. Uh, right,
0: right. Let's I'm stop like, right there. Hold that thought, because I just got some information from a gentleman who was on the show by the name of Cameron Wesley. He said that other cultures that he knows looks at life insurance as investment. And what I mean, oh, what okay. what I mean by oh, that yeah. is he he's taking a policy out on his parents. His 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 his, his other cultural friends they take policies out on their parents. They take policies out on themselves and when their parents and stuff transition because death is certain they're able to grow generational wealth within the family and make sure they have a smooth transition they do stuff called pod's where you go to the bank and upon death everything is transferable so you don't have to go to probate court and be tied up for someone else's things that rightfully belong to you in your lineage those type of conversations we're scared of because I think we deal with death so much in terms of soon yes. out the door with fear that anything. But it's time to play their game a little bit and have our paperwork in order so the person after you could just smoothly walk into the light.
1: Oh yeah, facts. Um I mean like I literally just got finished doing a little class about life insurance and how you could build a bunch of wealth, millions upon millions off of off of life insurance. But I mean the story I was giving you was just, you know, back then um, 2000, never forget this, 2003 May May 12th 2003, mm-hmm. May 12th I mean, May 11th, 2003 I got life insurance with somebody that was selling primary right went against, you know, I was on a financial, mental, you know, I was, I was educated, I'm like, yeah, I need this went against what I, growing up, was thinking eh, you get life insurance, you out of here you know what I'm saying? Um, that next particular day, no lie, man. The next day, um, back then, uh, I said 2003. You said 2000. No, you said
0: May 12, two, 2002. No, you it's said- 2005.
1: I apologize. Yes. 2005. May 12, 2005. Um, I got life insurance on May 11. May 12, no lie. I got robbed, kidnapped, tied up, like literally. Pistol whip, thinking I'm about to go the next particular day, and I remember thinking, "Damn, I got life insurance." <laughs> like, you know, I can laugh yeah. now, but it, you know, I, I know that date. It wasn't a laugh matter at the particular time, um and it was for a group of people who thought who thought that I was a drug dealer, not knowing I literally had a full solid international business back. Like <laughs> You know, it was a yeah. you know doing yeah. import exports, but um. It was just that that goes back to everything we talked about. Even when you're doing good, sometimes you gotta get out your environment. Sometimes, you know, um, you know, I had the nice car hooked up with the big wheels. I, sh- I probably should have went and got the, the the Lexus or the BMW back then with no, you know what I'm saying, with no no chrome on it, you know. Yeah. But it's cool, though. I was young. I was young, twenties. But um but yeah, man, um life insurance we definitely need uh and I, I the wheel too. I've definitely agree about the will, Um, life insurance, I got life insurance, but you need to get it, you definitely need to get it, because like you said, man, it's a lot of people, I I hate, I do hate seeing, um, you know, it's still happening, you know, somebody get, like, here this weekend, man, um, I don't know the people, but I seen on Facebook, they had, like, a triple homicide or something like that, and the very next day, I'm seeing GoFundMe pages for these kids, you know what I'm saying, for these people. So, you know, they didn't have life insurance, you know, and they out there in these streets. So, you know, um, sad, unfortunate that a lot of that stuff still go on in our community, man. But it, it's, it's life. You
0: know? Yeah, it's, it's kind of alarming where we can go through a world pandemic and the first thing we get back to is clubbing and violence. It's just...
1: Yeah, that's, that's the, yeah. the
0: check. Checking the temperature right now is rough because, like you said, we're in the information age, which meaning that you can't go off skin color anymore because one drop of brown makes you brown, one drop of black exactly. makes you black. So how are you gonna know who your enemy is if you don't have exactly. information? So everybody is gonna be with the behind enemy lines soon. You gotta understand that information and 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 just people who move in a certain way, actions will determine how far you should have somebody close to you or next to you
1: right like i like i say man hey if your if your network not helping grow your net worth log off <laughs> you know what i'm saying like you gotta you
0: <laughs> I, said, got, you know, I said that in the song yo, i appreciate that because uh, <laughs> the bar i said yeah really-
1: Hell yeah yeah <laughs> yeah
0: man real quick let's get into like husband and wife and relationship talk i got a question for you now All right. You, you, you're you a divorcee, so you have some, some husband experience, right? Yep. So I'm going to ask you a question, and there's no wrong answer here, but I would love to hear you give the answer and elaborate. Gotcha. As a husband, would you rather have a great woman or a great wife?
1: I'd rather have a great woman, and I elaborate on that. I think wife is an idea of what a a marriage supposed to be. You know what I'm saying? And I think we raised that way. Um, Snow White and the rest of the Disney movies didn't help it, no, you know, not as much. And then, you know, our parents really didn't give us the rundown on what it takes to to have a great relationship. You know, you seen them lovey-dovey kissing and going on vacation, but you know, when the bills was due, you know, um, when when certain stuff got hard, you know, a lot of parents keep that away from their kids anyway, from a financial standpoint. Um, or when when an ex pop up in the in the re, relationship, or you know, they they don't talk about that. Now, when we talk about a woman, I just think that a woman has to be ready for a lot of different things. Um, and it's just me, you know, certain people want different things in a relationship, but I just think, man, a relationship is almost like a business partnership um because mm-hmm. one thing that's a fact you know a lot of that the feeling stuff could run out but one thing that it, that it make it have longevity is the same thing that that, that brings upon a lot of uh, divorces and that's from a financial standpoint you know what I'm saying and a person just not being happy um, and you can make anybody happy I feel like that I mean when you talk about happy that's just your energy. You know, but um, certain worldly things like financially, you know, what I'm saying spiritually and certain stuff like that, like no, well, financially from the worldly standpoint, um, you put that in order that that'll help the longevity of the relationship side. Because let's be honest, if you can handle all your 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 bills, um, the the quote unquote holidays they got out here, the birthdays, the stuff you want, if that's not a problem you could focus on that other stuff spiritually, mentally part that goes along with that relationship. So I need a woman. I don't want nobody that's gonna, that just want to cook clean, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, nah, I need, I need that full partnership, you know, where we can make this thing going. And we building a, we building a, a, a dynasty, man. We trying to build generational wealth. So wherever we go, you know, our kids good. And that's going to
0: take a strong woman as a partner a hey, great hey. Answer, man. great answer i love to ask that question to see where there's no wrong answer to me because everybody has their explanation of what what they're willing to walk in life with and then once yeah. you decide you know what that is and you can handle it then there's no wrong answer to that i got a new question i just added that most no one no you're the first person i'm going to ask this question to great great <laughs> and it's a weird one but conversations with other men led me to believe that did you ever have a sex talk about did anyone any man or any person ever talk to you about sex as a child
1: uh as a child
0: yeah to let you know hey this is sex this is oh this I
1: mean I it's for like an adult right now, what you' yes. talking about yeah now, mind you now mind you and I this this is a grown up show right yeah okay. So where I'm from from the hood, I'm gonna be honest with you. listen, I got uncles. It's a bunch of uncles. Now the way I grew up, excuse my French for all the ladies that, you know, this just I'm just keeping real with you. The way I grew up, they used to always tell us, listen, you ain't a, now it's wrong. I know this is wrong now. But <laughs> we're so just talking about how the mindset was back then. Yeah. They used to tell us, man, hey, you ain't a man if you can't fight and you don't get no pussy. Mm. We like eight and nine, no lie. You know what I'm saying? So now, it ain't that they talked about sex the right way. Yeah. (laughs) But you know what I'm saying? They was trying to make sure we was jumping off the right porch. And they were trying to make us jump off the porch early. Like, you know what I'm saying? Just their mindset. But to give you an educated answer, nobody never really talked to us the right way. We was in, you know, us, man, we was bad. Like, you know, we stole all the playboy books and, <laughs> and all the video like we you know what I'm saying it just is what it is i mean we was young about 20 kids like you know that was our era like, that's what i'm saying <laughs> like
0: and i don't think it's even going on as much right now shout out to the parents that do have that rough it's like talking about a will when you talk when you start yeah. talking sex to your kid but it's so important because i believe our generation went in with blindfolds every time like we yeah. just learn saw something we learned. If we had proper instruction whether you're gonna make that mature decision or not, I think a lot of people would be better off if they knew just like yeah. the pros and cons of it.
1: Yeah. I, they, I, like, that's crazy. That was a good question. Um, yeah, my mom, like my mom, I can't say like my dad knew gave us the wrong answers all the time. But uh <laughs> <laughs> I, I I do know like my mom used to always say, like, yo, you know, where y'all going? You boy, you got a condom on you or something? She used to say that, but one thing that she did, she always said that, you know, listen, my house open. You can bring whoever you over here, whoever you want over here, because I don't have time for you to go out and do some stuff. So like, I mean, since like 15, man, my mom had no problem with, you know what I'm saying, girls been at the house or whatever, but respectfully, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it was nothing crazy, but I think that was her way Making sure that you know who are not there in the streets, yeah,
0: like, yeah, yeah, but that's the thing I think we need to implement as men. We know better, we need to do better, and I, I'll stay off the topic of Santa Claus for another time. But <laughs> but but now that we know better, we need to do better. Turn yeah. to talking to our young men about sex because a lot of you know women are more mature than we are, and sometimes. We we just get caught in that energy and we get into something that's fun. and makes you happy, but there's so much more on the back end. Yes. Yeah. Proceeding in that action.
1: I can't wait to have a talk with my son. I, I don't really now. I, I had talks about him, you know, you know they got cell phones, bro, so they see everything. You see know what everything. I'm saying? So, so we don't had those talks, but you know the talks. I'm I'm definitely gonna have that talk. Probably about yeah. 13. You yeah, know. yeah. Hey, oh, man, I can't man. even get an you age. I'm Thirteen. Say, so. You might have to go earlier than that. Yeah, dog. I was about to say I can't even give an age, but once I see those signs, you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. He start, you start know, making sure his hair a little tighter. You throwing cologne and stuff on. I'm gonna know what it is. <laughs> right. So, yeah.
0: Validation from your partner. It's like you win a championship when you meet the right woman. But Mr. Wiley, I ask you this question: yeah. Do you defend the title? And what I mean by that is do you compete with the best versions of yourself to be that same man and matured man that she loves and the small things that you do to make her happy. Are you defending the title?
1: Yeah, man, you gotta compete. I believe in this. I believe that, and it worked both ways. I believe you could never, you could never get um, caught. I think you always got to raise the bar, and it works. It worked both ways. I think when you get comfortable, you lose. You lose everything. You know what I'm saying? I just think that you got to keep it. You got to keep it on the up and up, as we say. Like, um, so I, I say, yeah, I, you got to. You got to. I mean, hell, yeah. hey man, it's hounds, it's dogs out here. Like you know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's competition every every single day. Like. I mean, hell, women get it. They get it in the streets. They get it in their inboxes. They, You know what I'm saying? You so got all the time. Gotta, I stay on top of your game. I don't believe in ownership. And what I mean by that, owning another person, you got to make them want to stay. You got to, you know what I'm saying? Just just life, bro. Like, that's just how I feel. You
0: gotta have balance, baby. You gotta have balance. One more question. Or well, not even a question, something I came up with. I came up with something called operating at 100%. And what I mean by that is, I took five categories and split them up to give me 20% each. And it's purpose, health, confidence, money, and knowledge. 20% for each one. Every day I deal with it, every six or seven days, I give myself an average to see if I'm operating in those zones at a high level. So, purpose being you living in your purpose and doing the things that you were called to do or trying to find yourself, health, you're meditating, you're praying, you're you're exercising, you're eating the right foods. Confidence, you're doing it without feeling intimidated or having inferiority. Money, you know, you made a little money, spent a little money, invested a little money. And knowledge, you took some knowledge in something that you didn't know. So Mr. Wiley, I ask you, in the last 24 hours, what percentage have you operated in between purpose, health, confidence, money, and knowledge all into one out of 100? (laughs)
1: hundred <laughs> that's my that's my vision boy man that's Hey, that breakdown is the best that's way better than my breakdown i um i have to share out with my son like big time bro like i like that purpose i mean I, i'm just trying to spread it it
0: came to me operating 100 and it and it's subjugated you can customize it the way you want for me i i, I operate in purpose because i'm doing the show but i need man. to operate better in health i'm confidently doing the show uh, I'm in the stock game, make a little money and, and knowledge, right. I take in new knowledge every day, every time I meet a person but health I have to judge myself at a curve to make myself get up more so I would I would put knowledge at 5% and give that 15% to health so now it's a 35% curve if I don't do exercise, if I don't pray if I don't meditate, all the things eat right whatever yeah. you need to do to get out of there, to get yourself at, at least at, at 90% so, you can't blame, so you know you can see your progress. You say, Hey, you know what, man, why didn't that work? Oh, I was operating at 63%. That's horrible. You can't blame nobody but yourself if you operate in those things. Or if you consistency, you can add Devon Stan, Stanfield, uh, another uh, patron of the show, he added consistency. You can add consistency, that's important. And yes. those things is what Operating at 100% is all about.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm, when we get off on texting my son, like literally, that's <laughs> his everyday goal. Like, operating
0: that's at not, 100%, yeah. Yes. 1,000%. Thank yeah. you, sir. You are now part of the Silhouette Boys Club. It is people like you who move in the shadows to help people like me shine. Now, before you go, we'd like to work in the referral system. Another man you think can come up here and answer these questions and drop those gems. And I don't want anybody that I know. I want somebody outside of the circle outside of circumference to help grow this talk of manhood.
1: I got you, man. I got you. I would make that connection, man. I'm, I'm definitely, uh, uh, appreciative and um and and, and glad and I'm worthy to even be on this great show, man. Worthy, Keep come on man, stop it. All you cut <laughs> it, it out. You gotta give us a name though. Give us a name of somebody
0: you recommend.
1: Oh, I'm um, uh, um Robert McCray, man. Robert McCray. he another brother that I work close with, man. He's doing a lot of great things in the community. Um I partner with him just because of that. You know, he's for the kids, uh, he's a family man does a lot of great things, man. I think this here is gonna be a great show for him, man. You're gonna love him. And I think he gonna love the opportunity as well.
0: Robert McCray, we are coming to get those gems. And we got Rasheem coming on too, also. So oh, for we sure. don't forget about Rasheem, we got him coming this way. Definitely. Now, please, before you go, please give any social media shout outs, say something about good kids, anything we could do to let us know what's going on with you.
1: Uh, yeah, man. Um, you can follow me if you're on Facebook. It's under Darius Wiley, though spelled W I L E Y on there. That's my Facebook alter eagle. But you know, we drop gems every day. Um, good kids, you can follow the organization at uh goodkidsworld.org. That's the website, goodkidsworld.org. Um, our basketball wise, you can go to Team Unleash South Carolina on Instagram. Uh, see our wonderful kids. We're doing a lot with the youth. Um uh, we we have them from second grade to 11th grade. Um so I mean we're doing some good things, man. Follow us, uh, support us if you want. You know, um you can inbox me as well, man. I'm always answering questions. I don't mind doing that. Not shy at all with that. So that's it, man. Appreciate Thanks it.
0: Doing, Mr. Wiley, y'all check them out. This has been solutions. Peace. Thank you for watching Solutions. These are my efforts to be the change I want to see. I got tired of wandering in the dark with a flashlight in manhood. Multiple minds of men gifting multiple solutions of life's journey. If you have any questions, please email me at solutionsformen at gmail.com. If you'd like to contribute to the overall growth of the show, please visit Sheen1.com and purchase merch. All proceeds go to the overall production and content. And remember, there's no such thing as a dumb question. Peace.